discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Can you give Jesus a big shout if you have a voice? How many of you love Jesus? How many of you love Jesus? One of the things that you should go away from this camp with is your love for Jesus. It's a higher love for Jesus. Okay? More love. The world has changed so much, isn't it? Only three people's hands are. Do you know it? Do you know it? Do you know that song? Ah, more love, more power. <laughs> All right, you may kindly take your seats. It's not going to work. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be here? So I'm sharing on benefits, 10 benefits of being a member of the body of Christ, isn't it? Point number one is oneness with the Godhead. Oneness with the Godhead. One of the major benefits that you have as a result of being a member of the body of Christ is oneness with the Godhead. And that is what I've been sharing on. Um, I started sharing on in the last session, if you remember. Okay? Oneness with the, with, with the Godhead. Yes. Oneness with the Godhead. What a blessing. That now we have the genes of Christ. We have the genes of God. The washing of regeneration. Do you remember? Titus chapter 3 verse 5. Isn't it? So let's start from the Titus 3 verse 5. It says, not by works of righteousness, which you have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. According to the mercies of God, he saved us. And... It says, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So, because of the washing of regeneration, by the grace of God, you have been regened. Tell me about you have been regened. Tell you are not ordinary. Yeah, you are not normal. You are supernormal. You are supernatural. Oh, yes. And God wants you to walk in this world having that mindset because of your oneness. Right now you share a oneness with the Godhead. Do you see? A oneness. One. (laughs) Yeah, it's wild though. It's very serious. One with the Godhead. One with Christ. John chapter 14 verse 20 is one of my favorite scriptures. 
Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit and about his demise. And he got to this point and he said that, At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. You shall know that I am in my Father, and you shall know that you are in me, and you shall know that I am in you. It's like a certain type of mingling has taken place. I tell you, we are one. You see, with the with the Father, one. I don't know if you you understand. He says, "At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father. I, Jesus, am in my Father." So let's say you are the Father. Father, come. You are Jesus. Jesus, come. And then you are you. So he says, "At that day, in these days, in this new." creation days, you will know, it says you, you will know that me, Jesus, I'm in my Father. So you are inside the Father. Do you see? And you, angel, you are in me. And me, Jesus, so wrap your, your hand around here. I am inside you. So I am, you are in me, and I am in you, and the Father is in me. Or I'm in the Father. So I'm in you with the Father and with me. We are, we are, it's, it's a very wild mingling. Yeah. That is why in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, okay, verse 17, the Bible says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So now you are joined to the Lord. Who is the Lord? The, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, right? He says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. It's like we are so one with him that there's no, like we can't find you. When someone is looking for you, spiritually speaking, and wants to do something against you, that is why all these, someone has taken you to Juju, someone has cursed you, someone, all those things, eh, you should know, when you know this particular thing, you, this, to be very difficult for, for you to believe that. Remember, the devil always works with fear. So when a prophet comes and then he says, What is your name? Ah, I'm hearing cease. Is it C Is that your name? Yes, please. It's working. I'm seeing you in the realm of the spirit. In the realm of the spirit. It's becoming very complex because, you know, like I'm seeing someone with a pot, and the person is mentioning CC's name. Wow! You see, CC shouldn't be worried if CC knows where he is identified, where he is. Yes, they can mention your name, CC, at their place. They can mention your name, but actually, the one they are going to find if they mention your name. You are going to see, you see, CC is inside Jesus. Jesus is inside CC with the Father. Who are they going to find? Oh, you see, well, if CC does not know what has happened, then CC becomes very worried. And when he becomes worried, the devil has a very big highway into CC's life because of what CC had and what CC has believed. Now fear has entered. And what does the devil need for him to be able to function in your life? Fear. So because fear entered, now you see that all the things that they will say will start happening in CC's life. 
Do you see? Why? It's because of fear. And because he has believed in a lie. No matter what prophet, whoever that prophet is, sees, you must always examine it with the word of God. If it does not match with the word of God, it's a big lie. It's a big, no matter the reputation of the prophet, no matter how high that prophet is, if his words is not in line with the word of God, he's a big liar. He's lying. Maybe he's, maybe he's not a liar. What he's saying is a lie from the pit of hell. And you must not allow it to deceive you or say to complicate your life. Yeah. No matter the reputation of the person. No matter the... I'm, I'm very sure about No matter the reputation of the person. You see Christians who have been in the system for a very long time going, go, and then they come and say that this is happening to you because of your family members. Someone in your family. And the person has cursed you. Hey, do you understand who you are? Do you know do you know that you are uncursable? How are you? It's good to see you. you. Do you know that you are uncursable? Hmm? In Numbers chapter 22. After all of Israel's problems and issues, a certain king called Balak, okay, decided to contract the uh, uh, <laughs> The services of a prophet called Balaam. Balak is a king. Balaam is a prophet. And he gave Balaam a lot of money to come and curse Israel. Come and curse these people for me. So that I can work. I can do what I need to do. Do you see? Now, when, when he came. Eh, this is it. Numbers 22 verse 6 says, now, Come now therefore I pray thee. Curse me these people. For they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail that we may smite them and that I may drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom thou blessest is blessed and he whom thou cursed is cursed. I know that the one you bless is blessed. The one you curse is cursed. So come and come and curse this book for me. Balaam tried. tried. Number one, tried. to It didn't work. When he started to talk, he started blessing the people he had been contracted to curse. Yeah. And the blessings were very well. Can you show me that please? That's in chapter 23. He says that there's no <laughs> divination against Israel. Can you look for it quickly for me? Yeah. And he returned unto him, and lo, he stood by. This is one of the verses you should read, chapter Numbers 22, chapter and 23, to know about whether you can be cursed or not. Do you understand? Listen, there are things that there are things that Christians do. Okay, that get them into trouble on their own. And that is between them and God. Do you understand? But, for instance, if you go against God's administration, you are playing with something. If you are insulting men of God, men of God are God's administration, unfortunately. And they are men before they are of God. So they have many problems. Have you seen a man of God before? I have many problems. You don't know, I have many problems. Hey, you don't know. Those who are around me, they know I have many problems. But you honor anyway. We already know. Me, I know I have problems. You see, I'm saying that I have problems. You should. You're not the one to come and remind me that I have problems. <laughs> Do you understand? Uh-huh. The Bible says that before the Lord, that man either stands or falls. He, it's be, God knows his problems before He anointed him. So you are not the one to come and come and identify. Yeah, like, oh, he's like this. So, hey, do you know that the man, he doesn't talk much. He doesn't, he's not, he's not a nice person. He knows that he's not a nice person. 
but he's the one that God has placed there. I mean, are you, are you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So try not to say some things about men of God. Yeah. The day you don't have a problem in your life, then you can criticize God's servants. But until you, if there's no problem in your life, well, if there's a problem, then you don't have a right to point a finger. Or you don't understand my message. Uh-huh. So those are some of the things that get children, children of God into trouble. Like you, you start fighting against God. You are fighting against God. Men of God are like, men of God are like, men of God. You, have, you started fighting against God. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So that's one you have to be very careful of. There are other things. But what I'm trying to say is that, like your family member has stood up because you did something to him. Or someone at your workplace has stood up that you did something to him. So he's, he's going to curse you. He's taking you to juju. He's going to do something to you. I mean, the person is not smart. No matter how disobedient you have been to, even, even a man of God, whatever, and you have a problem between you and God. That one is between you and God. It's different. And that's how, that is how, the, that's how God functions. It's like my son is the one who has done something. My daughter has done something against me. It's between me and him. Who are you? And that is what happened in these, uh, go back to Numbers chapter 23. That's what happened in these verses. Israel was fooling around. God was not happy with them. But when a third party came to come and come and curse them, God said, ah, I'm having a problem with me and my child. Who are you to come and come and say something? What is your business in this one? God was not happy with them at all. Numbers 23 from verse 18. And he took up this parable and said, rise up, Balak, and hear Hearken unto me, thou son of Zippo. So the prophet is speaking of. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandments to bless. And he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. You can read Numbers 20, 21. You will see Israel's disobedience. Many plenty foolish things. It's between them and God. Don't come and come and do some. Are you seeing it? Next verse. He has not beheld iniquity in Jacob. God says, I have not beheld any problem. There's no problem between, there's no problem in Jacob that qualifies you to come and come and curse him. Meanwhile, he was doing a lot of foolish things. Are you what I'm talking about? Uh, Why? Because Jacob is the apple of God's eye. Have you read Deuteronomy 32 verse 12 before? Deuteronomy 32 from verse 9. He says, I found him. For, for the lost portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. Jacob is the, is the inheritance of God. You can't come and catch the inheritance. What are you talking about? Jacob is the inheritance. Of, he found him in the desert land and in the waste Harlem wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Jacob is the apple of God's eye. You cannot touch him. My friend, don't even try. Now, if they were the apple of God's eye and we are inside him and he's inside us, then who, who can catch you? So when they take you to, I don't know, go, go back. Go back to Numbers chapter 23 where we're reading. It's very wild, power. Let's see what he says. And he took up his power. Rise up, blah, blah, blah. Go, we've passed this place. 21, eh? 21. He has not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. I have not seen perverseness in Israel. I can't see Israel. Where is it? There's no problem. It's okay. What is your problem? When the devil is, ah, ah, there's no, what is your problem? About God, he has done this. It's between me and him. What is your problem? It's like an arm robber coming to your house and saying that, saying to your father that because you have been disobedient to your father, the arm is going to kill you. And your father has bombs and everything. He's standing down. He's standing there to see the arm kill you. No, no. It's between me and my child. Is that why you came? Then we are going to bomb you. My son, hold his leg. Are you seeing it? 
Yes. Neither has he seen perversion in Israel. The Lord is, his God is with him. In our case, he is in us. And the shout of a king is among them. Yeah, they are a people, they are kings and priests. You cannot touch. Next verse. God brought them out of Egypt. He has, as it were, the strength of an unicorn. Like, he starts describing how powerful Israel is. How, uh, when they take you to a, a Juman, the Juman will start talking about, Charlie, this one we don't touch. Oh. Even this girl, we don't touch. We don't touch these people, you don't touch them. Why? Because, you see, your life is hid in Christ, in God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ, in God. Your life is where? It's hid in Christ. So your life is hidden in Christ, in God. So if someone wants to get access to you, the person has to come through God, Christ, before he can get to you. You are untouchable. Why? Because you are one with the God. Charlie, it's wild though. You are one with the God that I tell you. Yeah. Hmm. So you cannot be cursed. So don't believe in those things, eh? Don't believe what? People will say things. Oh. Hmm. Your mother will call you that the prophet says something. You will not go by your mother will call you. Yes. They'll bring a certain type of oil to you. Because of one thing. Maybe, maybe some breakthrough has not come. Hmm? Normally when there's a problem. Mm-hmm, then mothers and breakthrough. Something must happen. <laughs> they will prepare you around your leg. You'll be shocked. They will pour oil and pour tomatoes and things. You'll be surprised. Say the word. The word. It's my two. The more the challenge, the deeper you go into the word. The more the challenge, the deeper you go into the word. What did Jesus say concerning the word? Concerning doing the word. He said, the one who builds his house upon a rock is the one who does the work. The doer of the word is like a man who planted his house on a rock. The winds came. As for the winds, it will come. I'll be surprised if there's no challenge in your life. It will be a very big surprise. It means that you're not in this world. It's a fairy tale. Jesus said, in this world, you shall have what? Many troubles. Jesus is the one who said it. Do you think he was lying? He says, in this world, you will have many troubles. One trouble after the other, one challenge. Don't run away when the challenges come. When the challenges come, you have to face the challenges with the word of God. That has been inside you all this while. You are hidden in Christ, in God. That is your little If anybody wants to have access to you, he has to go through the Father. If you can face the Father and face the Son and face the Holy Ghost who is inside me, then you can have access to me. Are you saying it? Yeah, so he shouldn't, he shouldn't believe in whatever they are saying. They are saying things. Ask for the things they do. I can promise you. <laughs> uh, my wife and I were married for about three years. No child. Not, there was no problem as far as we, we knew. But there was not, a child was not coming. One of my church members' mother. Yes. Was more concerned than me. The person was not in our church. The person was a prophetess. The church member's mother was a prophetess. So she said, 
she's seeing something in the spirit. You know, and the calls kept coming and kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. So I said, okay, let me hear what they have to say. So they said, oh, there's something from somewhere that, you know, needs to be sorted out and we need to bath oil. We need to bath with. Fry with, <laughs> with a certain oil, a certain type of. So they said I should go. So I went to buy the oil. I bought three, three big bottles. I bought three big bottles. Yeah. This was 2000 and. Uh, <laughs> 2015, yeah, that's what eight years ago. Then they sprayed over the oil. Then I went to stand in my bathroom. I have shower in my bathroom, but because of this, I put, I fetch water in the bucket and I took the oil and I poured it inside. And I was looking at it. I was like, ah, is this what I've been I've been reduced? Ah. I was shocked at myself. Yeah, because the pressure was so much. I just poured the water and bathed my shower. <laughs> and I broke all the oil and threw them all, all of them away. The following year, my wife conceived. Wow. You don't need any of those things. You get it? So I'll say, oh, oh, all these job problems, don't worry. I have a special man of God. Eh? I have a special man of God who can give you dilation. And everything will be sorted out. Now, listen. If the direction is not to fast and pray and read your Bible, it's not correct. Listen, you must be word-based and nothing else. You must be word-based and nothing else. Whatever, understand what I'm, listen. Jesus gave oil to his people to his disciples, to pray over the sick and anoint them with oil. Okay? So there's nothing wrong with oil. But it, what, what the oil is to be used for anointing, not for, not, not for any other thing. It's not for bathing. It's not for vomit. It's not for drinking. It's not for any... You see, they are special. I'm trying not to water down the prophetic side because they are symbols. They are prophetic symbols that prophets also give. Do you understand? Uh-huh. But it's not, it's not like a, no, it's not above the word of God. That's what I'm trying to say. You must be word-based. Whatever, whatever is being done must be. Because it must be empowered by the word. I've given people water to drink before. You see, I've prayed over water and given, drink the water. And they become fine by drinking the water. You get it. But the water is not where the power, the power is not in the water. The power is in the word of God. Are you in the church? Sometimes people's faith are so weak, they need something to be used as a point of contact. But it doesn't mean that that is the real thing. You did have. Hmm. Mark chapter 6 verse 13 says, And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil, many that were sick, and healed them. This is Jesus sending his disciples. And he sent them. If you go up, you see how he sent them. This is Mark chapter 6 when he went to his own hometown. They didn't receive the word and all of that. And then he went about preaching. He called unto them the twelve and began, unto him the twelve and began to send them for two by two four by two and two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. He gave them power with his word. Okay? Next verse. And commanded them that they should take nothing, blah, 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 blah. So when, they, when he sent them and they went, one of the things they did was that they anointed, uh, and they cast out many devils, and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. So this was Jesus' own disciples sent by Jesus. And they used oil because I'm sure they had seen him using oil before. 
Do you understand? In James chapter 5, eh, verse 16 and 17. Look at James 5, 16. Confess your faults one another. Am I right? No. Go up. It's verse uh, 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Then he says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. So not the oil, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Have you seen it? The prayer of faith is more important than the oil. It's just a point of contact. Okay? And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. So, I'm not saying that if you see someone using oil, hey, all this oil, why are your people? No, it's correct. But some people have gone, oh, every truth is like a, it's like a narrow line, a narrow lane that needs to be treaded with a certain kind of caution. If you go overboard, if you go on the right, you have made a mistake. If you go on the left, you have made a mistake. You must stay on it. You see, you must, we must use it for what the Bible says to use it for. Hmm? Every morning you wake up, you drink oil. A certain anointing oil. <laughs> you are marinating your system. That's not what God wants. So what I'm trying to say is that we are one with Jesus. We are one with the Godhead by virtue of the born again experience. Okay? Tell me about you are one with Jesus. You are one with the Godhead. Say it again. And there are benefits that come with that. One of the benefits is your preservation, for instance. Do you see? Uh, if I'm one of the Godhead, that's a very serious something. What do you think? It means I'm not ordinary. What does not affect the Godhead does not affect me. If God cannot be cursed, then I cannot be cursed. I'm the blessed of God. Why? Because I'm in, I'm in Christ. All the, I'm one where the God, where Christ is is where I am. The Bible says that Christ is seated together, we are seated together with him in heavenly places, isn't it? In Christ. That's in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Look at Ephesians 2. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are raised together, we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is my location. That is my spiritual location. Why? Because of the new birth. Because of the new birth, I'm seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Do you see? What does not affect the Godhead or what does not affect God does not affect me. Have you ever seen God failing before? So I also do not fail. See, I do not fail. My life is as a shining light. That shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. I'm full of the glory of God. Why? Because I am, <laughs> I am in Christ. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. Now, we can go on and on and on. I can just preach this throughout the night. But there's more. So I want to try and just touch them in bits and pieces. You can do a personal study for yourself. Okay? For instance, when you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, the Bible says that, we are with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, and change the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. It says, we are with open face, beholding as in a glass. The word glass is mirror. Beholding as in a mirror. The glory of the Lord. When you look into a mirror, what do you see? 
you see yourself. But in this verse, it's saying that when you look into the mirror, you see the glory of the Lord. Why? Because you are the glory of the Lord. Then it says, we are changed from one level of glory. Eh? It says, and uh, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. In other words, the reality of what you are seeing in the mirror becomes yours. As you keep beholding, as you keep looking into the word of God, it doesn't become a verse in the, in the Bible alone. It also becomes your experience, your practical experience. You see that your life is moving practically from glory to glory. Every single year, every single month, you get better. You get wiser, you get richer, you get more affluent, you get more affluence, okay? You become more influential, you become greater. That's what he's talking about. You just go from glory to glory. It's like what the Bible said concerning the house of David and the house of Saul. The Bible says that the house of David waxed greater and greater and the house of Saul became weaker and weaker. Why? Because Saul was of the flesh, David was of the spirit. Second Samuel chapter 3. Uh-huh. It says, now there was, a, there was long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David waxed stronger and stronger and the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. Why? The house of Saul was of the flesh and the house of David was of the spirit. So a Christian who is of the flesh will become weaker and weaker as the years go by. Because he's not looking into the glory of the Lord. He's not looking at the mirror of God's word. Do you understand what I just said? If you are not looking, a Christian who is not looking into the word of God and studying the word of God and reading the word of God and listening to the word of God will grow weaker and weaker as the years go by. A Christian who looks into the word of God and keeps looking at it and does not change his gaze, okay, keeps increasing in glory from one level of glory to another. The means of transfiguration or the means of your glorification is the word of God. If you stop looking at the word of God, you grow weak. If you continue looking at the word of God, you keep growing stronger. You are transformed. So even though you are the glory, you are the glory of God, but the key, the means of you getting becoming, how do I even say it? It's like a, a picture of yourself, okay, in your 70s. Eh? looking you have seven children 35 grandchildren 10 great grandchildren and 3 great grandchildren and you are, you are with them in a picture and you are in the picture there's affluence greatness power you are loved do you get it? You can see. That's a picture that you have, but now you are 17. Now, what are you supposed to do? You are supposed to become, that's your picture. You are supposed to become that picture. But if you start smoking weed, because you have seen the picture, oh, this is how I am. So, no matter what happens, Charlie, this is how it's going to be. And you are sleeping with 75 girls. And having children all over the place. Okay, in the, in the picture, you have seven children, but now you have 21 children already. You are spoiling. You don't cast. You are spoiling. You understand? You are spoiling the picture by your own self. Everything God says, okay, comes with the condition of your obedience and your willingness. If you don't obey, and if you don't, if you are not willing, you will not have it happening in your life. So you must decide to 
allow the word of God to become very, very important in your life and not play with it. There are those who have been told who they are and now they have started fooling around. I'm the righteous of God in Christ. Whatever I do is fine. So they are fooling around. No, you've missed it. You don't understand that the Bible says that the one you yield your members' servants to obey, those, that particular thing you were servant to. If you yield yourself as a servant to unrighteousness, then he says you will produce sin and death. But if you yield yourself as the servant of righteousness, he says you will produce life. Uh-huh. So it's all still dependent on you in a certain way. You and your focus on Christ and your focus on the word of God. Please, do you understand? Hmm. So you are one with Christ. That's the truth. We are one with him. As he is, so are we now in this world. And that gives us the benefit of blessings, of glory, of beauty, of power, of riches, of strength, of authority. Gives us many, many, many blessings because of our oneness with him. The, the new birth makes us members of Christ's body and that connotes the idea of oneness with the Godhead, which brings many nice things, like what I've told you. Health is one of them. I shared some with you. Health, prosperity, boldness, protection, preservation. Do you see? Yes. Boldness. If we talk about boldness, you see that Jesus was not a coward. How many people march towards death when they know that death is, there, is over here? If someone enters this place with a, with a gun, will you run towards him or run away from him? There's no space here, but we'll still run towards us. Is it true? But Jesus, in Jesus' case, he was marching towards death. He knew where he was going to die. He knew everything, and he was still moving towards that place. Yes. The Bible says that he set his face straight to go to Jerusalem. Christ in you gives you strength and boldness. The Bible says that righteous are as bold as lions. Yes. It gives you strength and boldness. Your knowledge of your oneness with him gives you strength and boldness. You are not afraid. You are not afraid. You are not afraid of what is, what, whatever is happening, whatever. Before Peter became born again and received the Holy Ghost, he was full of fear. Yes. When Jesus told him that before the night, the morning comes, you would have denied me three times. He said, Allah, I swear my father, it will never happen. He was mentioning Allah and saying, swearing all over the place. He said, it will never happen. And Jesus said, it will happen. If you were Peter, what would you have done? You should have, you see, pride, you should have, you should have gone to sleep and locked the door and given the key to somebody to take it away. So that he doesn't come out. Put the AC on and sleep. But the guy was so like self-confident that he moved, he was moving, he was following Jesus. Yeah. In Luke, you see it in Luke, I think Luke chapter 18 or so. When Jesus already you see it. When they were they asked one lady in Luke, Luke reports, reports is like this: a girl, a man, another man, three people. Said, Oh, ah, you are one of the people. He said, Oh, me? I don't you don't hey, what are you talking about? I don't know the guy. Luke chapter 22. Yeah. Jesus told him, I tell you, Peter, this is 34. Before the cock shall crow this day, thou, thou should have denied me. Thrice denied that thou knowest, that, that thou knowest me. You deny that you know me three times before the cock crows by morning. He said, next verse. 
And he said unto him, when I sent you without pest. Oh, okay, this one he didn't respond here. But in the other place he responded. In John he responded. Don't worry, I don't want us to look at that. But when you go down, in this same verse, when you go down small, now, you will see Peter denying Jesus practically. Okay? Now, as he was denying Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus looked at him. And the Lord turned and, you see, Peter said, I don't know this guy. I don't know him at all. I've never seen him in my life. And the Bible says, and the Lord turned, Luke 22, 61, just a few verses after, and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered, when Jesus looked at him, when he said, go back, go to verse 60. And Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he spoke, the cock crew. Jesus prophesied to him, it happened practically in his life. Next verse. And the Lord turned and looked at him. And looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said to him, before the cock crew, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Yeah. He couldn't, he couldn't identify with Jesus. But when he received Christ, okay, when he got born again, and he had Jesus coming into him, all this while Jesus was with him. But when Jesus came into him, he received Christ and became a, a child of God and received the Holy Ghost and all of that. He became so bold that in Acts chapter 4, the Bible says that when they saw, when the, the same people he was afraid of, the same people who, the same people, remember the same people who killed Jesus were the same people who were sitting because it was just some 50 days after that these things were happening in Acts chapter 4. Just 50 days. Just a little over 50 days. So the same high priest was in office. The same chief, chief priests were there. The same group. Okay? Look at, look at verse, uh, from verse 1 so that you see it. And as they speak unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple came and up, uh, came, and the Sadducees came upon them. Next verse. Being grieved. Next verse. And they laid hands on them. Next verse. How did many of them live? Next verse. That's fine. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and the elders and scribes, the following day, when they are resident, the following day, the rulers, the scribes, elders, and Anas, the high priest, same guy. Anas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, same guy. And John and Alexander and as many as were of the kingdom of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. The same people who sat in Jesus' judgment and judged him to death. Same people were seated. Next verse. The same people he was afraid of and swore that I have never... Oh, Jesus. Allah. I don't know this guy. Yeah. And when Peter was a fisherman. All fishermen have a deep voice because of the wind at the seashore. Because when you talk like this, nobody can hear. You have to shout. If you don't shout, nobody can hear. Okay, I mean, I don't know him. What do you mean? Is it by force I know him? I don't know him. Is it by force I don't know him? He was shouting. In the same place, these same people, Peter stood with them. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this now? Listen to Peter's words. Are you, are you ready to listen to Peter's words? I just want to show you what happens when you are identified with Christ. It's wild. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if with this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all 
and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, the same people, he said, whom you, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, remember they had paid people, they had paid the soldiers at the tomb, at the, at the, the sepulchre, eh? the cave where Jesus was buried, that they should say that the disciples came to steal the body of Jesus. They had given them bribe. Bribe is not today, it's a long time ago. They have given they gave them, it's biblical, they gave them bribe that they shouldn't say that he rose from the dead. They should say that the disciples came to steal his body. And Peter is now here saying boldly that he rose from the dead. Hmm. Eh? Even by him does this man stand here before you hold. Next verse. This is the stone which was set at not of you builders. He points to them. You builders. This stone. This is the stone that you builders set at not. Do you understand? This guy is playing with death. They killed your master some, 50, some few days ago. And you are here talking. You don't care. Some few days ago, he was, two months ago. No, you were, you do, you are afraid. Now, hey, you are speaking with boldness. It's wild though, Charlie. This is the stone which was set up not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Eee! Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. None. What? What? Next verse. Now when they saw, you see, look at this. Can you read this to, to me? One to go. They saw it. Like, the boldness was so much in their face that I guys they don't they don't they fear eh? they were not afraid at all why because of their the oneness do you see a boldness to preach the gospel boldness to say what you need to say <laughs> one day there was a, a certain woman of god who was playing doing something she was not supposed to do and she thought i was a very you see i look like a very you see i look like a very weak nice person in it but I can be very wild. And she didn't know that I could be very wild. Yeah. She was playing the fool. I got a car from, I drove from Accra. Went to seek permission from my father and the Lord. Reverend George. Can I face this woman? Reverend George said, go and face her. Proceed. Hey. I proceed without caution. I went to face her. She was looking at me like this. She couldn't believe it. It was a shock for her. You see, every child of God must be bold when it comes to the things that matter. Don't be bold about foolish things. You know you need boldness to do foolish things as well. You need boldness to have sex outside. Yeah, There's a tree in KNUST. Opposite the Great Hall. It's It's a sex tree. Like People like having sex there. Pastor Alex, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's a major spot. You need a certain kind of boldness to stand out in the open. Remove your shorts and remove your, your, your panty and then you are there. <laughs> hey! hey! What a shock. What a shock. So there's bold, tell me about there's boldness for foolishness. And there's boldness for the things of God. For instance, the, your, your union with Christ makes you so bold that you can sacrifice your life in another country. 
and spend your whole life in another country apart from the place where you were born. Not because of greener pastures. Not because you want to go to America. Do you know America? You, are, you don't mind changing your citizenship for America. Do you know America? America. How about America? Do you know America? Uh-huh. You want to be in America with your, with your husband and with your, you want your children to speak with American accent? No, any is, is UK. You want your children to say, what, what, what do they even say? Shit, mommy. Shit, mommy. I told, I told you to, to, be, to, be, to, to come pick me up at school at 2 p.m. Why do you come at 4 p.m.? Fuck it, mommy. You want your children to talk like that? So when we tell you to go to Zambia, Zambia, and become a missionary to Zambia, it's a problem. It's a sign that the confidence that comes in Christ, no, the boldness is not there. When, Christ, when you are in Christ, then there's a certain kind of, you are ready to do anything. You can be anywhere, spend your life. That is a sign that the Holy Ghost is inside you. When they, they, when they saw their boldness, the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlettered the ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Yes. They knew that these guys, there's something they've been with Jesus because they knew Jesus' confidence. Yeah. It's not boldness for foolishness. It's boldness for the things of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be somewhere in another country. You are in Kenya. <laughs> with your husband. Or you are in Kenya with your wife. You are bold enough to command your wife to follow you. We are going to Zimbabwe. We are living in Zimbabwe for the rest of our lives. That's it. We are there. And we are serving God. Yeah. Planting a church for Jesus Christ. I met a missionary. I met a missionary recently. He's 45 now. And he he was sent from UK. Eh? This this is power, eh? When we say power of the gospel. The power of the gospel moved him from UK. What? To Botswana. 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 Yes. Botswana. It's at the bottom, eh? Botswana. What? And in his time, his time in Botswana, he spent, he spent seven years. Or seven years. Yeah, he spent seven years in Botswana with his wife. He had just gotten married. He took his wife. They all went to Botswana. They changed their life from UK. These are Ghanaians who had moved from Ghana to, um, to UK to go and prosper. They are bugged. He's trying to live his life there. He hears messages. He goes to a camp and his life changes. He told, he told me that they set the, the, the pastor, Bishop Doug is the one who, this is a lighthouse guy. Eh? Bishop Doug put five chairs there and said, if you are bored, come and sit on it. I'm sending you. Yeah, I'm going to send you to. They were sending them to South America. Yeah. And then he took one chair. If, if you come and take one chair, this is what God says you should do. Come and take one. And he took one chair. And others took other. Four people took other chairs. And they, they end up sending him to Botswana. He spent seven years there. And the seven years he spent there and raised a church from zero to 100. For seven years. Maybe you think it's not powerful. You think 100, 100, 100, 100, 100. Try it and see. Try it and see. Try it and see. Adoniram Jassin, the one, the missionary to Burma. His first convert was after, was after about 15 years. His first convert. 
Yes, it was after about 15 years. First convert. And the guy was not so correct like that. Yeah, you don't give up. It's boldness to stay in a place. Yeah, because you know, you know who is in you and who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not sitting somewhere and just messing up and saying, okay, I know who I am. I know you are not doing it. You are not doing anything with I know who I am. You know you are, you are, and so what? Where's the boldness? Where's the confidence? Seven years. After seven years, he was sent to Ghana. Yeah. To come to, he was brought to Anakazo Bible School. Served there for some time. He was sent to Asimfosu or something like that. Bibieni. Ah, were you there? I told you, yes. He was sent to Bibieni. In Ghana. In Ghana, yeah. For many years. He built a church there, filled the church, whatever. Yeah. And now he's in another place. He's been sent to another place. Yeah. Now, the church he planted in Botswana today has almost 5,000 people in it. I think it's more, eh? about 10,000 people. Maybe I'm, I'm just, yeah. Because the headquarters, the, the head where he was, they bought a building, big building, whatever, and it has about 3,000 people in it. They have other, I mean, the three biggest churches in Botswana, they are, those are the churches that came from the church that he started. Yeah, confident, boldness to do something for the Lord. Yeah. Wow. Boldness. Tell me about boldness. That's what we are talking about. The campus can't you do a bit more, isn't it? Don't think I've deviated at all. I'm coming to it gradually. Benefit number two. Joint airship. The benefit of being a member of the body of Christ. The first one I mentioned was oneness with the Godhead. The second one is joint airship. Airship is spelled H-E-I-R-S-H-I-P. Not hair, so not hair. Air. Eh? H-E-I-R-S-H-I-P. Joint airship. Airship. Okay? Romans chapter 8 verse 17. He says, and if children, then what? Heirs. Heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. Because we are in Christ, because we are one with him, we are everything Christ owns. We also own. Everything Christ owns, we also own. Everything. <laughs> hey. What are some of the things Jesus owns? Colossians chapter 1. Verse 15. We're reading it, but then we couldn't finish the last time. It says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Do you remember this one? Then it says, the firstborn of every creature. The word firstborn does not mean he's like, he's like he was given birth to. The word, the word firstborn, okay, is protococcus. That's a Greek word. And it means principal or first place. He has a first place, okay, in everything. And the word, let me show it to you. I want to show it to you well so that you can understand it. Because some people read this one too and then they are confused. Hey, Jesus was born. He's the first one of every creature. You don't know. NLT. What does NLT say? Can you show us NLT? Ah, it says Christ, the invisible image of the invisible God. He existed before God made anything at all and is supreme over all creation. Have you seen it? So that's what he's trying to say. Not that he's a firstborn child. This, this is what he's trying to say. He says that he existed before anything was created. And it's supreme over all creation. Because all creation, then he starts explaining, go to the next verse, NLT still. 
For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. So everything was created through him. Everything is for him too. So I don't know if you get it. Everything is for Jesus. Everything. Heaven is for him. Earth is for him. Hell is for him. Everything. Seen or unseen. Plants, demons, angels, planets, money, houses, cars, stars. He says everything was created by him and for him. Now, if you were joint heir together with him, not co-heir, joint heir. Co-heir is 50-50. You see, if you share an account with your wife, it's like 50-50. Do you see? But this one is joint heir. It means that everything that he owns is yours. And everything that you own is also his. But what you own is not much. But <laughs> what he owns. <laughs> Are you seeing it? Yes. Anna. Eh? Show us the scripture in Revelations. Chapter 5. Where he says that all honor, all glory to him uh, belongs all honor, all glory, all power. All those things are for Jesus. And they are, we are co-heirs with him in everything that he owns. Yes. In Revelation chapter 5, it says the, the people were saying with a loud voice, where is the lamb that was slain to receive power? Have you seen it? To receive what? All the power Jesus received. You are a joint heir together with him. Riches, all the riches Jesus received, you are also, you are a joint heir with him. Not a co, a co heir, a joint heir. Joint heir. Hundred, hundred. And what? Wisdom. All the wisdom that Jesus has is yours. It's at your beck and call. What a blessing. I thought you'd be happy about it. And strength. Eh? All the strength that Jesus has is for you. And honor and glory and blessing. Everything is for you. Now, go back to, go back to Colossians chapter 1. We just read verse 16. Okay? If you remember. Let's read King James. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Next verse. Verse 17. Then it says, and he is before all things. And by him all things consist. He is before. He comes before everything. And by him, everything consists or cohere or are held together. Next verse, verse 18. Then it says, and he is the head of the body, the church. So everything he has is because of the body. Please, you understand? So he is before all things so that the body can be before all things. He owns all things so that the body can own all things. He says, and he is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning? The firstborn from the dead. That in all things he might have the preeminence. Let's read the Amplified of this. He also is the head of his body, the church. Seeing he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. So that he alone in everything and in every respect might occupy the chief place. Stand first and be preeminent. And you are preeminent with him. Hmm. What I'm saying, maybe you will take five years to understand. Maybe five years later, when you take the message, then you understand it well. And these are very, very big things that I'm saying. Yeah. You need wild revelation concerning it. Yeah. You, will know, you will know that, you see, all the houses in cantonments, they are all yours. 
<laughs> when the time comes for you to have it physically, it will come to you. You will know that all the money in this world, you will know that there's enough money in this world for you. Yeah, you don't have to steal. It's a consciousness you develop with time. I don't travel with money by the grace of God. I don't travel with money. I can be going to any, whatever, wherever I'm going, I don't carry money. You may not see me carrying $10,000 of $5,000 going to a certain account for what? When I get the money, it will come to me. Hey, Pastor, are you sure? <laughs> After five years, come and let's talk. Wow. The Bible says that all things are yours. <laughs> I've read it before. Corinth of Fuhu Medikai. 18 sinya. Intichemu. Edionu. Baako. Therefore, let no man glory men, for all things are yours. Then he starts enumerating. Whether Paul or Apollos, the preachers are yours, or Cephas or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours. Have you seen it? Oh, or you are not seeing it? The world is, he says, the world is yours. <laughs> life is yours. So you can command life. For yourself, for those who are around you. That is why when you speak, life can come to things. Why? Because you are joined in with Christ in life. Listen, in him was a John 1. Have you read John 1 before? John 1, 1. In the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was, next verse. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made by him. All things were made by what? And all the things that were made by him are for him. Right? And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was what? He's where life tabernacles. Life is, life has its abode in him. And so when the Bible says that life is yours, what is saying that you are a joint heir with Christ? Because he's the one who has life. All life is in him. He says, and the life was the light of men. It is death that brings sickness. It is death that brings poverty. It is death that brings fear. It is death that brings failure. It is death that brings all of those things. And if you are one with him, you are joint heir together with him in life. I pray that the Lord gives you understanding. Yeah. He says that the world is yours. America is yours. If you understand this, America will not refuse your visa. Mm. When the time comes, always follow the timing of the Lord. Don't just go in. Because it's not seeped into your heart yet. You don't know that all things are yours. You don't, you've, not, you've heard it, but you don't know it. Reverend George said the, longer, the longest distance in the entire universe is the distance from your mind to your heart. It's longer than the distance from earth to the sun. It's longer. But you need to take your time to think on the word. Okay? Yeah. All things are mine. Why? I'm a joint heir together with Christ. And all things were made for him. All things were made by him and for him. So when he says that all things are mine, it is because of my joint heirship with him. Do you get it? Yeah. Life or death, death is, is for you. 
You can command death and say, my friend, get out of my house. That's why you can rebuke death from your mother and from your... I remember years ago. This is uh, maybe about 12 years ago. Is it 12 years ago? No, about 15 years ago. My mother went down with stroke. When she touches her back like this, the skin goes off and it will be in her hand like that. I'm not telling you a story. I'm telling you a true, true something. Yeah. I was in Kumasi then. And I was called that my mother was not well. She has gone down with stroke. I got into a car, came to Kuma, came to Accra, went and knelt by her bed, prayed for her, and stood up. The following morning, she stood up. And she's been up to date. Yeah. From that time, she started calling me pastor. Because even though I was a pastor, she didn't realize I was a pastor. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can't, death, death is mine. You can't go if I've not given you permission. You can't go if I've not given you permission. Why are you going? I'll come back. If you see, my mother is 74. If you see her, you think she's maybe 60. She's looking very beautiful. Yeah. It's not because of medicine. There's a power. If you understand it, you can sustain a lot of people around you. Yeah. All those who are around, all those who you have authority over. Do you see? You can have a certain kind of influence over them. There are blessings in being part of the body of Christ. Yes. Many blessings. That's what I'm just showing you some. Are you interested in what I'm saying? Yeah. All things to come. The future is yours. Yeah. The present is yours. All things are mine. <laughs> if only you spend time to think about this. You see that it will help you. Hallelujah. Hmm. Are you interested in the rest? Or oh, I should change the subject. You see, I'm, I'm trying to show you. Oh, you don't like the benefits. Ah, you want me to, do you want me to just talk about the responsibilities? <laughs> they are benefits. So when you get to know the benefits and we are talking about the responsibilities, you'll be encouraged. Do you understand? <laughs> God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.